I wrote it because I'm one of those women. And at this stage in my life, I'm finally daring to be out and proud about my own struggle. Hi, I'm Megan Finnerty, and this is the Beacon Story Podcast from the Foundation Fighting Blindness and the Allergan Foundation. We're featuring funny, unexpected stories from people with blindness or vision loss and the medical specialists working to research, treat, and end blinded diseases. In this episode, we'll hear from actress and playwright Ellen Gould. Ellen's story is about how one day she literally used her voice to save her life after her eyes failed her. The story is honestly as over the top as I'm making it sound. Let's listen. If I were to give this story that I'm about to tell you a name, it would be my big break. We humans are prey to all kinds of accidents. a trip and fall, a genetic alteration. Accidents are no fun, but they do give us our most memorable stories, sometimes our life-changing stories, especially when those accidents get in the way of our dreams. My dream from the time I was a very little girl, was to sing and to act, to be in the theater. I just never dreamed I would end up writing my own solo musicals, but then that's later in the story. I did not know that I was losing vision from the age of seven. I just knew that I couldn't make up the chalk marks on the blackboard or no matter how close I sat or what new glasses I got. My teachers started sending home report cards with, she's one of the smartest kids in the class, but she doesn't work up to her ability. It's seven, I felt like a failure. At 15, I was finally diagnosed with Stargardt's disease. Um, it's an inherited juvenile form of macular degeneration. More commonly, you see it in older people. This genetic accident, well, it made me legally blind with dark shadows in the center of my vision. It also made it really hard for me to see regular print without benefit of a, a mega magnifier. I don't have one here. Um, and they were in scarce supply in the mid 60s when I was growing up. It was a real accessibility wasteland. But I found that if I pressed my face in close enough to the page, I could quickly memorize everything that was on it down to the last comma. This quirky ability helped me a lot when I began my career in New York City in the early 70s. Auditions were mostly cold readings, but for me, I was terrified to let anybody know that I had a vision problem, especially after sharing that fact with a few casting directors in my first auditions and hearing a quick and really angry, next! But I was crazy determined. 
And armed with this peculiar ability to memorize at a glance, I managed after five years of really small roles to kind of build up my resume. And then my first big break, I got a part in a workshop at the public theater that was going to be performed on the very same stage that premiered a chorus line. The morning of my first rehearsal, I was dressed in my downtown best. My hair and my makeup agonizingly perfect after more than an hour in the magnifying mirror. So by this time I was running a little late and I decided I'd better spring for a taxi. Didn't want to mess this up. Traffic was bad that morning and there was this huge Con Edison truck and it was blocking the intersection on 9th Street and 5th Avenue. So I had to walk between the back of the truck and the car next to it so I could get out on the street and hail a taxi. The cabs were just whizzing by as I was facing the oncoming traffic, my hand permanently extended in the air in case I could grab anything that went by. I I can't see the little light on the top of the taxi that tells you if one's available. By this time, I'm thinking, oh shit, I'm gonna be late for my first rehearsal. And then I thought I saw a cab. It was pulling out of its lane and it started coming fast at me and it stopped close, so close, I thought it was gonna hit me. So I took a step back and I disappeared. I heard more than felt the crack as my ribs hit something metal. I also heard the sound of the cabbie gun his car and take the corner as fast as he could. I guess he didn't want to deal with the fact that his prospective passenger had fallen into a manhole. Thankfully, I fell in sideways wedged in with just my upper body sticking out. I looked around in the street and there was no one there, but I saw some shadows walking about a block away in front of the arch at Washington Square Park. I knew there was no way that I was gonna be able to take a big enough breath to call out to them. But then my early classical voice training kicked in. Use your high voice. It'll give you maximum strength for minimum effort. I managed a shallow breath and then, somebody help me! I repeated it over and over like a dotty diva delivering her dying aria. Somebody help me! I saw the shadows right in front of the arch, they were running directly at me and then suddenly there they were looking down. Are you all right? My saving angels were Italian tourists. Of course Italians. 
drawn by the sound of a my soulful aria. My angels found a phone booth. There was no cell phone in those days and called 911. And as the ambulance was speeding me away to the emergency room at St. Vincent's Hospital, I thought, oh shit, I'm gonna miss my first rehearsal. Three hours later, lying in a hospital bed, the doctor broke the news. Three broken ribs and a badly bruised kidney, along with his prescription, three months of complete bed rest. Damn it, I thought, imagining that beautiful stage at the public theater without me on it. There goes my big break. I spent the next three months in bed writing my first solo musical. Confessions of a reformed romantic about the gut punch of getting your dreams dashed. And then with the settlement I got from Con Edison, whose workers had gone off on a coffee break without putting a protection around the hole, I developed the show enough to manage to sell it to an off-Broadway theater to produce it. Confessions became a cult hit with a rave review in the New York Times. And I'd finally gotten my big break, but in a way I, I would never have imagined. My career had taken off. And from that point on, I wrote and performed my own solo musicals, all leading up to the dream come true moment when, when I got two Emmys for one of those shows. But here's the kicker. In a glorious accident of fate, that award-winning show debuted at the public theater on the very same stage as the workshop. You know, the workshop I would have been in if I hadn't fallen into the manhole. Last year, I wrote and performed my latest musical at a New York theater festival called Seeing Stars. It's about five women who are legally blind, but who share a special kind of sight. Um, Foundation Fighting Blindness was wonderful in supporting that show. And through their communications department, they reached out to people all around the country. I had people coming in even from California to see it. It was a remarkable experience because, well, I wrote the show because people with visual impairment rarely get to see themselves represented on stage. I wrote it because those who we say have disabilities often develop unique abilities that can inspire and give hope to the rest of us. I wrote it because I'm one of those women. And at this stage in my life, I'm finally daring to be out and proud about my own struggle. I also wrote Seeing Stars to tell stories about the accidents that happen to all of us, whether through genetics or on the streets of our lives. Accidents that shape our character and 
can put us on a more fulfilling path than the one we'd originally dreamed for ourselves. Those are the stories of struggle that with luck, determination, and more than a little bit of humor can almost always turn into tales of triumph, or at least our next big break. That was actress and playwright Ellen Gould. Ellen, thanks. We really appreciate your sense of humor and playfulness. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is sharing these stories so you can understand life with vision loss, as well as the everyday moments that make these storytellers' lives like and unlike everyone else's. In 1971, a passionate group of families wanted to help their loved ones, and they set out to drive the search for finding treatments and cures to end blinding retinal diseases. Learn more about their work at fightingblindness.org.